Oh my gosh, it's it's absolutely incredible. And again, I think you know if if this book is released in time for the Indie Awards next year, this this setting, this book is going to win some major awards. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the 307 RPG Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Nolan. I am Zach. Fellas, what's going on? Zach, you just came back from a pretty cool trip. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? I went to go visit a friend in New York City, so got to spend about five days there, two days of travel. So it was. It took a while. It, took, it was a long, long week, but super cool. Very cool to go and see all the sights and... Get to watch the Mets beat the Yankees. It was great. Go Mets. Well, that's awesome. We're glad you're back. Nolan, how about you? How was your week? Uh, it was there. Chasing, it was there. Kids, chasing kids, doing some work. That was about the highlights. So, I think that's about my highlights as well. The only thing I did a little differently this week was I actually spent quite a bit of time looking through the Vesson book. Some of that was uh, inspired a lot of like um, as... You three or you two both know my wife is throwing a, a birthday party like she does every October. The caveat being you have to be vaccinated to attend, which <laughs> I'm pretty much OK with that statement. And uh, it's fairy tale themed. So she I was I was like, well, I I want to find something a little bit different. So I thought, why not look through Vesson and see if I can find some, something in there? I'm not that talented. <laughs> no. There's some amazing creatures in that book. And I'm just like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. It's a great book, though. And I think the game looks amazing. And one of these days, we'll actually have to try it out. But speaking of Free League, our topic for this week is, is going to be a first look at the Runes of Simbarum. Zach backed this project on Kickstarter and has been getting some preview PDFs. And it's important to remember these are just preview PDFs. In fact, it's stamped on it. If you see things that need to be fixed, tell us. <laughs> which I love it when when companies do that. So we figured we'd do a first look episode and take a look at this this incredible setting that's using the D&D 5e rules. But before we do that, let's jump into the news. I feel like there should be like a news theme right there or something. I don't know. <laughs> Segway. Yeah. So in 307 RPG news, No, go ahead. Do it again. There you go. That's our news jingle. <laughs> uh, I did move our hosting of our podcast from Anchor to Podbean. Nothing against Anchor. I I actually really like Anchor. I think it's easy to use and it's great for getting started because it's a free service. Podbean does cost a little bit. I think I paid $110 or something like that for a year of hosting, which I didn't think was bad. But you get more in-depth statistics with Podbean. Like in, in the show notes I list, like, you know, we were seeing plays from obviously the U.S., which we knew we were getting, United Kingdom, India, Canada, and Norway. So thanks for listening, everybody out there across the world. We sure appreciate it. We're glad you're here. So I just wanted to see more detailed statistics on our on our show as well as Podbean does a really good job of distributing your podcast to much larger podcasting base. Like I think at current, I have a setup with all the normal ones like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, things like that, as well as iHeartRadio and a couple of others that we weren't set up with before. And I can tell you that in Ooh. like the last eight days, we've hit over 100 downloads, which is not something that I was ever able to track before. So I'm really excited to see how this goes. So if you have typically gone to anchor to see our star to view or to listen to our show uh just remember to jump over to Podbean instead wow i cannot talk i swear the longer i talk the more tongue-tied i get and the more ridiculous i sound so you guys just need to shut me up sometimes i think i handled it well 
<laughs> well, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Let's hop over to D&D news because that's where we like to start. So no real news with Watsi this week in regards to Dungeons and Dragons. However, we did get some previews from the upcoming book. I think it's September 21st. Isn't that what it releases? Seventh. Is it the seventh? Yeah, maybe the seventh. It is the 21st. Okay. So this Tuesday, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight does come out. And this week, they or last week, I should say, they did drop previews for the Heron Gone, the rabbit folk that Nolan said he would play, and the fairies, both of which are new races in the book. Uh, as we always do, Nolan, we're turning this over to you. What, if, what can you tell us about these races? Well, so far looking at it, just kind of the little sample size that you get, it gives you a little bit of a what they are, how they play a little bit as far as a sample. We do get to see some of their abilities, and they are taking on the... Uh, the ability score changes that they did with, uh, I believe, was it Tasha's? So when you create a Harrington or a Fairy using the rules from Wild Beyond the Witchlight, you can choose to increase one ability score by two, another by one, or choose three different scores by one. I will, again, I think we'll see that continue to go forward where you can, just because of the way you're born, doesn't mean that's how you have to be. So seeing that continue to go uh, forward, I think helps let you play what you want to play. So that was pretty exciting. Some of the the class feature or race features are very much based upon what you would expect a rabbit to be based around being quick, jittery, you know, just that kind of at a moment's notice ready to move. Um, so they're uh, Race abilities, hair trigger, you're quick on your feet. When you roll initiative, you can add proficiency to the bonus roll. So who doesn't like going first? Lucky footwork. Dexterity saving throws be damned. If you fill a dexterity saving throw, you can add a D4 bonus to it as a reaction. There are limitations to when you can use this racial treat, however, or trait, however. What they've kind of been doing as far as the theme goes is number of uses per proficiency per long rest. So I will be curious to see if that continues to be a proficiency thing. Um, or if they tie it to an ability score. So uh, do you have to choose a foot and declare that as your lucky foot? And that's the one you're going to rub before you do anything. It's footwork. So while it's still attached to you, I think you get both. But when it's cut oh, off, man. <laughs> here's it's the cut question. Off, it's over. Here's the question. Are you touching yourself at all times? Right. Oh, my gosh. And how wow, this went down real quick. <laughs> how can it be? Which one's the lucky one, right? The one that got cut off or the one that's stuck behind, right? Anyway. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so Rabbit Hop is their uh, final ability. They gave us a little sampler for. Harrigan can jump as a bonus action. The distance you can jump is equal to five times your proficiency bonus. You don't provoke opportunity attacks when jumping this way, making it a great option for escaping an enemy's reach. Just be mindful that you get a limited number of uses per long rest and can't use this trait if your speed is zero. So if you're prone and stuff like that, uh, if you have anything restraining you. But I like, again, the art for it is kind of what triggered me to saying I could see this being really cool. Uh, some of the racial bonuses continue to be around the side of I would like to see a monk just to really lay into the insanity of what you could do with that movement speed. Bonus action, hop five times your proficiency bonus, maybe a little step of the wind. I don't know. You know, like I'm just starting to see like they get a lot of movement stuff up. It does talk about them being, you know, how they've had to survive kind of, you know, being negotiators to, you know, again, you are a rabbit in, in a wild world. You've got to be quick thinking. You've got to be, you know, you know, just kind of a little bit smarter. So I could I could see a monk or a rogue style Herringon using some of its natural abilities to like win at the horse track, beating horses and doing mm -hmm. some gambling, <laughs> challenging the paladin on his war steed to uh, to a contest and just knowing he's got it in the bag because he's something different. Um, 
They don't give us a ton of behind the scenes yet as far as where they're at, what they do, what their role is in the area. It just mostly talks about getting you prepared for building this character and how you might use some of their abilities. And I really, I don't know, that the art's pretty neat. I'm curious about it. One of the art pieces that they show is a rabbit with a shield that looks like a brand. So I'm curious to see where that comes in. It's literally a, a, a poker with some sort of symbol that's on fire outside of a swamp. So it's like, it's not like they're at a cattle branding or anything. So I had more questions than answers on that one there. But we also got a, a chance to look at the fairy racials as well. Fairies, kind of the very first line there uh, is, uh, if you wanted to be tiny in D&D world, well, here's your chance. Um, by a racial ability, they do get some basic fairy magic. You know, uh, the Druidcraft cantrip, when you make one of these, you also learn fairy fire, which obviously, you know, in the name and enlarge and reduced uh, you can cast one of these spells for free once per long rest if you have spell slots appropriate level you can cast either of these spells using those slots when you select the fairy race for your character you get to choose intelligence wisdom or charisma as your spell casting ability which i think again continues to give you that freedom uh where we haven't seen that fast i believe that uh, tieflings We'll use charisma or intelligence for their casting things. Sometimes it doesn't work necessarily as well with what you were going for if you were a cleric or yeah. something. So drow too. Yeah, drow's the other one. That kind of looked like the the big spell they got. The probably the more thing that would entice people being tiny. Let's uh, they have wings, so they have flight at level one. That is super strong as long as you're not wearing medium or heavy armor. I can imagine this thing being a support or control character nightmare if you're already small and you have tiny on you uh, and you're just zipping around the battlefield conjuring up some roots putting people in place sneaking in healing you know got a, a goliath down or whatever i mean you literally have full cover at that point if he's standing anywhere near you you know so uh I, yeah. I think it would be fun to be a very, not hostile, but almost like a, a, a battlefield general drill sergeant fairy that's just in everybody's ear, like zipping up, yelling at them, telling them that they're doing stuff wrong and inspiring them while you do it, like as a bard or something like that. So, Zach, what are your thoughts on this two new race? Uh, uh, yeah, silence. I'm glad. Uh, I don't know how to say this without sounding like I'm being a bully. I'm not. I mean this honestly i'm glad that there's another furry race that people can just be like yeah i'm a rabbit and you, you gotta deal with it like i, I don't i don't I know how saying. many anthropomorphic animals there are in official fifth edition it's like this and aracoca right well no you got um the tabaxi the bat yeah that's right tabaxi like yeah, uh, you also have uh, turtles. Turtles, yeah. Like we're going, we're we're getting there. I had forgotten about them, but we're getting through the like the funny animals. Uh, the grung, the grung. Yeah, see, well, that's like, like that's a lot of that's a lot of reptiles. I got a reptile, an amphibian. We got uh, obligate carnivore. We got herbivores now. We got flying. We got everything. Like, I, don't know, I think it's. I think it's nice. Like, I think people should be able to play whatever they want to play. If they want to play it, a rabbit person, like, go for it. Also, I think, and I think it, like it playing. Role I play. have, yeah, it does. And I have literally had a girl look like say to me because her friends were playing D anD D and she was talking to me about it, and she's like, "Can I? Can I be a a pixie? Can I be a fairy?" 
And I was like, I guess. Like, this isn't, like, I didn't, I couldn't say yes. But now it's like, yeah, here you go. Like, all that they're missing is a mermaid. We've got, Just give uh, it time. What's the, what's the, I know there's, this, do, right? I know there's the sea elves, but they're not mermaids. No, the, the, darn it. It's something with a T. Yeah, tritons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but they're not like half fish. They're just like. They're Aquaman. They're Aquaman, yeah. <laughs> so. I, I will I say, know. looking I've... at it, uh, it, it always, whenever we get some of these here, it's nice that it's from the Feywild. It would be fun to play one where it shows up. I always think back to the old Warcraft games with the Brewmaster Panda Shin showing up and helping. And it's like, what are you? Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wandering panda. Like you guys literally live on an island. Nobody knows what that is, right? And ends yeah. up befriending these things because you know he makes friends with the orcs and and he's good in combat. And like you know, I think Dom played a a, a wandering turtle monk at one point. You know, and so mm -hmm. I I think it gives you that sense of adventure and lust and and being just weird enough of like, but but how right? And so I think if you yeah. really lean into it versus just being like. You know, I'm a rabbit bitch. Deal with it. And, you know, versus saying, like, well, I don't know. I walk through a thing and there's this thing and everybody's so weird. And how do you survive without hair? And you guys can't hear very well. And gosh, you're so slow. And oh, my gosh, how are you not? You know, I mean, you could just really be super inquisitive and an explorer and, and be fun. How did you hear that? Your ears are so small. God, they're so cute. <laughs> Why are you staring at me again? Stop. My eyes are right here. I know, but your ears are so tiny. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then you have a Leonin in the party and, you know. Right. Like, now we're you, just playing in Scarlands. You, you wake up in the morning and it's like, why is my foot in your mouth? I'm like, I don't know. I was dream eating again. And so if we thing. play in Scarlands, you could have a herring gun on the shoulder of an iron bread. There you go. Here we go. See, All animal get it? redeemed party. There you go. <laughs> well, that's about all the news I saw for D&D this week. Um, I would thought maybe we'd see something announced at Gen Con, but it doesn't look like anything was announced there. Speaking of, I don't know if folks know this, but Gen Con did indeed happen this year, and it was this weekend. Uh, it looks like they had a fairly good turnout, and it looks like there was a mask mandate in place to be in the building. Uh, as uh, the pictures that I saw, yeah. it looks like most people, actually, I shouldn't say most, of the pictures I saw, it looked like everybody was honoring that mandate, which is which is awesome. There was some cool stuff that came out of on uh, out of um, Gen Con, so we will talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, until then, let's pop over to Onyx Path. Uh, they were not at Gen Con this year. Rich Thomas made the decision not to go. He said he still doesn't feel like it's a, a safe place to be yet in, in big conventions. However, they did on their Monday meeting blog. Uh, they did post pictures of of, of Gen Con past going back to like when rich was still helping to design the white wolf magazine so it goes back a long ways which is pretty cool but onyx path did announce that they were able to get faster than expected approval for the kickstarter for uh werewolf 20th anniversary edition apocalypse record so apparently this went through the approval process of paradox and everybody else who's involved and they got it approved very fast so that means they are ready to launch and it will be launching this tuesday there is a pre-launch page set up on Kickstarter, so if you want to check that out, there's a link in the show notes. Be sure you do that if you're a big fan of Werewolf 20th Anniversary Edition. This sounds like it could be a pretty cool book, and it is going to be a deluxe book, so go, make sure you check that out. 
Launching on drive-through RPG this week was Mummy the Curse Second Edition. This was a Kickstarter project a couple of years ago, uh, and has finally been released for PDF and POD on drive-through. Also on sale, I think this came out the week before, maybe two weeks before, is Deviant the Renegade, also for Chronicles of Darkness. Mummy and, and Deviant are both in Chronicles. Links in the show notes for both of those if you wanted to check out the PDF or grab yourself a POD. Do remember that the POD costs have gone up slightly. Uh, Modifius announced the release of a new source book for Star Trek Adventures, the Shackleton Expanse Campaign Guide. Grab this from the description real quick. It says the Shackleton Expanse Campaign Guide for Star Trek Adventures role-playing game presents a thrilling all-new area of the Beta Quadrant to explore the Shackleton Expanse. Countless wonders and mysteries await within, including strange spatial phenomena, the confused sentient life forms, the, con the confused sentient life forms, as well as starship sensors. Ancient alien technology is powerful enough to move or obliterate entire star systems, dangerous new species to encounter, and so much more. The print copy is on pre-order, or you can grab the PDF on drive-through. Again, the show no or the link is in the show notes. Modifius has announced that they have opened up a U.S.-based store. The nice thing about this is that this will increase shipping speeds to the U.S. as well as reducing those costs, which I am always a fan of. That was a quick prattling of two different publishers. Did either of you see anything in there? I know we've talked a little bit about Mummy and Nolan. Before Zach joined us, you and I talked quite a bit about Deviant. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing those books. I'd like to at least look through them uh, once we once I finally get them in. It's been a while. But anything in those two that interests either of you? I'm, I am curious about uh, some more of the Mummy stuff. I enjoyed when we talked about it just more so as understanding the world that's all connected i think it would it would be fun to play a game kind of in a in one of those settings that everybody came together with their favorite again it has to be probably a pretty big deal if everybody's showing up and be like well this is an awkward situation why are we working together but still i i think i always underestimate how big the world is and how you can find all your little little areas of where you can hide out and be at home so yeah, and the Contagion Chronicle, which came out oh, a month or two ago for POD and PDF, does exactly that. It allows you to create a group of these, I don't want to say supers, but these uh, different uh, dif different character types and, and create a game because you have this Contagion or whatever that is affecting everybody and you have to work together to solve it. So there is that that chance to do it. Whenever I think about it, I, I think about it being set in almost like a Logan time period. Something has wiped out, something has come in and taking out a major chunk of the food source. And all you're kind of left with is these little like tribes of leaders that kind of deal with each other. You know, I, I don't know. I think that would be kind of a neat thing, though, where it's the, you know, a after the stupid humans blew themselves up and got sick from it. And now we have to deal with the consequences and how we're going to survive. Are you talking old man, Logan or Logan, the movie old man, Logan. Yeah. Such a great series. Yeah. Just, just the tribes. And then, and, and, and the, just the break that up. Are awesome. <laughs> you stay on your side. We stay on your side. And then why are you traveling? You know, I, I, I don't know. Mad Max meets vampire. Let's go. There you go. Zach, what about you? I think I haven't learned enough about it. At this point, I'm wondering how many blank colon the blank things that there are. There's, um, a, lot. there's a lot. I And I guess I hadn't realized just how like much history there was. 
Like at some point, I'm gonna have to go like find the World of Darkness Wikipedia page and just or the fan wiki and just like read what all these things are because they all sound really really cool. I just like I have no idea what these even are at this point. Right, and just keep so. in mind that Chronicles of Darkness is what they call the New World of Darkness. So. Mm. And I know a little bit of the history, and I won't I won't spend a lot of time here because I do want to talk about Simbrum, which is our topic. At some point, White Wolf decided the best thing to do is to end their games. So like in Vampire, we always heard that Gehenna is coming. That was like the big thing. Gehenna is coming. And Werewolf, it was the po- the apocalypse. Uh, in Mage, it was the Ascension, right? You had all these things that were coming, and it was going uh. to be the end of the world. So at some point, White Wolf was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just end everything. So they started putting out the end of time books, right? Well, that didn't go over well with the player base. They're like, what are you doing? You're killing everything. And so then they was like, oh, well, shit, we fucked up. Let's let's just okay, new world of darkness. Here we go. So you got Mm -hmm. Mage the Awakening, Vampire the Requiem. I I forget what the werewolf one is, but you had all these new and they kind of flopped. I, they were not very well received. People were like, what the fuck? Here's vampire. And it's not really vampire because they changed everything. Like they had less clans, different. The powers work differently. And so, but they've kept it. Onyx Path has done a good job of keeping Chronicles of Darkness going, which uses the story. I think it uses the storyteller system or the story told system. Story path hmm. system. Sorry. Which is what um like the other games like they came from use. So you they changed that up to differentiate it from World of Darkness, which we had with the 20th anniversary editions. So there were some changes and they did. Uh, it was absolutely in response to player backlash that they created. They recreated the World of Darkness with the 20th anniversary editions and allowed Chronicles of Darkness then to be a standalone product with its own games. So you do see a lot of like. There's a demon version. Um, there was actually a World of Darkness mummy book that was released in Vampire Second Edition in Old World of Darkness. So then you had Mummy the Curse that came out in Chronicles. You Deviant is new to Chronicles as well as um, uh, Contagion. Uh, so there's a lot of Chronicles games, a lot of them, and it's allowing you to take these other games, these other creatures, and bring them into the Chronicles world. Yeah, I, I'm all. I support it. I'm all for it. I was just like, yeah. man, there's a lot of them. Like, I need to just sit down and figure out what they all are. Right. And I think what Changeling is, Changeling the Lost. Yeah. So I have a couple of the books if you ever want to flip through them. I mean, so I'll be for right me, I, I'm really excited for, of course, this is just me being a total Star Trek fan. I'm excited for the Shackleton Expanse. I have limited my purchasing of Star Trek books. I've picked up a couple and then told myself, you have to stop. You're probably never going to play this game knock it off so i've stopped buying them but i do i love seeing a a good star trek role-playing game out there getting support getting new source books and 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 building uh the game itself because i love star trek and i just wanted to keep going there you go over at free league uh although we will be talking about simbrum in just a little a little bit i did want to mention that free league the publisher took home eight any awards at gen con this year which is awesome so the for they won uh best interior art for vesson which we've all said the artwork in that book is incredible best monster adversary for vesson sorry best art cover for vesson best supplement for mork borg cult 
that, that's interesting. Let's see. Best production values for Alien RPG Destroy of Worlds. Those are all golds. Best cartography for Alien RPG Destroy of Worlds. That was a silver. Best adventure for Alien RPG Destroy of Worlds. Also silver. And fan favorite publisher award went to Free League Publishing, which is awesome. I think it's fantastic. And I know like over at Chaosium, they had their community content uh, creators, I guess, took a ton of innies as well. I just love seeing these smaller companies like Free League and and Modifius and Chaosium taking so many of these awards because it's interesting, especially for us, when we talk about Vessen in particular, we've all said that that book is incredible. And here it is getting the accolades that it deserves. So congrats to them. Yeah, I think they deserve it. Like, yeah. The stuff that they've been doing has been... Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see if 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 Simbrum releases this year, if if it gets nominated for any of the indie stuff, because just based on what we've seen of it, holy shit. Yeah. And the one ring, too. I mean, again, that's another one where I'm just like, oh, my gosh. If you use the Foundry virtual tabletop app, Free League has Ooh. announced that Vesson and Simbrum, not the runes of Simbrum. Uh, have launched on that platform. You can actually purchase Foundry models uh, um, on the Free League website for these games. So I, I've never used Foundry. I know we've messed with Roll20 a little bit. I've never messed with Foundry or Astral for that matter. But I think it's cool that they are putting their games out there on a virtual aspect. I imagine you're going to see with things like that, it makes it easier to do live plays. I think I think Ver uh, Foundry has been around for a while too have they i think so i wasn't familiar with that so chaosium has announced that this is the 40th anniversary of call of cthulhu so in in honor of that they are releasing a special edition copy of the call of cthulhu keeper rule book if you're fortunate enough or brave enough to attend Gen Con and you stop by the Chaosium booth, you may have been able to see or possibly pick up this book as they did have it in limited supply. I've included some pictures in the show notes, and what it doesn't do is show you that the book is made out of a, a leatherette cover, which I think just adds to the awesomeness and, and, and goes well with the occult aspect of Call of Cthulhu. Uh, this book is scheduled to be released next month, October 2021, and carries a price tag of $100. Uh, again, I've posted pictures in the show notes and guys, this book looks awesome. I mean, it does look great. It looks it looks like a book of the dead. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Which, in fact, when you, guys right come, now. when you guys come over today, I want to show you. I did pick up the deluxe copy of Wraith 20th Anniversary Edition, and I want to show you guys that. Humble Bundle. I don't usually include a lot of stuff from hum Humble Bundle because they always have so much going on. And sometimes it's RPG related. And so when they do have RPG related stuff, we like to include it. In this case, if you're a fan of audiobooks and the Warhammer 40K and Fantasy Universe, you really should check out the latest Humble Bundle offering. They have partnered with the Black Library to bring you 19 audiobooks. Of course, there are tiers that you can buy in at, as it is Humble Bundle, but if you spend $18, you get all 19 of the books. I've been listening to audiobooks a lot at work. It's something mm -hmm. that helps pass the time, even though I forget what I'm listening to. It's still, I like hearing the story. And I have actually been listening to Warhammer 30K, which is the Horse Heresy. Uh, in this case, it's the War on Terra. So I've been listening to those and I'm a big fan of this. I love the Warhammer 40k books. So I ended up backing this or not backing, but purchasing this one. I did a little bit more than $18 because I do like to contribute to the charity. I have read at least one of the books on this list. That's Magnus the Red. In fact, it's sitting right up there, which was a fantastic book. 
uh, Magnus Red, Master of Prospero. Uh, it's a great book. Uh, so do either of you do audiobooks? I don't. It's it's just a personal thing. I don't. Um, when I'm listening to something, my thoughts my thoughts start to like go on what I'm doing, and then I'll start like thinking to myself and talking to myself. And next thing I know, I have like I have to go back about three minutes because I've been humming something or talking out loud to myself. So I just I just don't do it anymore. I've tried, but I like uh, I think the last one I listened to was uh, a Diablo book uh, when I was getting some dental work done. I had a couple things i had to be in the chair for a couple hours and i was really impressed with the production of it the quality is a lot better than anything that i've heard in a long time but it has been a long time versus somebody just reading it it was creepy and gave me chills and the voices and the scratching and like i mean it didn't feel like a book on tape it felt like a production but kind of kind of same boat it's i get add and wander Yep. And that's, yeah. that's my problem too. I, I don't, and, and like, I, like I said earlier, I don't, I, I miss a lot when I do audiobooks. I miss a whole yeah. lot. And so for me, it, this is just kind of background noise that I can hear it and occasionally I'm like, oh, what was that? And I'll pay attention. But usually I miss the majority of what I'm listening to. And there has been like an audiobook revolution that went on. And the big one, one is that we all have devices which can maintain a huge amount of storage in our pockets at all time. But the big one is that a bunch of young actors in New York and Los Angeles trying to make it big found out that they could make good money reading books for people. So it wasn't just a thing where like you had to wait for someone to agree to read your book who was like a good actor already like we're trying to get John Hurt to read your book. And he's like, I have a London stage production. I don't have time for this. So every single book that is published can get an audio cover because a lot of young actors are like, this is how I can cut my teeth. This is how I can get my name out there. So you just get everything. It's it's something else. It's great to hear. I mean, I, I peddle books for a living. It's great to tell someone that they can get on the Libby app and listen to pretty much every book in existence. One, I think, was so much stuff this day and age, too, of the revolution of things going to Netflix and, and, and cartoons and animes and video games. You know, I mean, it is one of those things of that's yeah, quite the portfolio. If you've got a few books out there that someone can actually listen to and just like, I, I don't need to know what you look like. I can hear your voice and I know that's the voice I want for my bad guy or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. I agree. Uh, in fact, one of the things that I love about the book that I'm listening to right now is uh, this is the same. I've listened to this uh, this presenter, this reader uh, multiple times now across multiple Warhammer books. He does several of them and he always, you know, it's always the same voices for the same characters. And uh, it's really fascinating to hear, like in this case, the Primarch Angron, who is completely corrupted by Korn, listening to his presentation of Angron's voice is way more than anything I would have ever considered for Ingron, especially since I can remember what Ingron was like, because I, again, I listened to it before being corrupted by chaos. And, and, and for this person to take that and, you know, build on that and have that almost animalistic growling hunger, bloodthirsty voice is just, it's, it's really cool. So yeah, no, I I'm enjoying it, but again, it is one of those, I probably one day will have to actually read the book to make sure I didn't miss anything. Cause I know I missed a lot. But it helps fill the white noise, right? 
Yep, it does. Yep. I, I usually have a Netflix something going on on the side or a YouTube video playing and have no idea what's going on, but yep. it helps. Yep, absolutely. All right, so let's, uh, I, I wanted to make sure we spend some time on this next, on our topic, uh, and that is, of course, the Ruins of Symbrium. First, look, as stated earlier, our topic is, well, I'm just repeating myself. Uh, this is from Free League, and this was a Kickstarter campaign that Zach did back, and he is starting to get some of the advanced PDFs. The project is still out there if you want to make a late pledge. There's a link in the show notes. You can also grab the free copy of the Promised Land Starter PDF on DriveThruRPG, which, of course, will help you get started in the setting. Keep in mind that the runes of Symbrum uses the 5e rules. There is an older game for Symbrum, uh, which mm-hmm. is obviously set in the same world, but doesn't use the 5e rules. And I just want to make sure people are aware of that you can purchase a Symbrum game uh, books through Free League, as well as the runes of Symbrum once it's fully available through Free League too. Uh, but that's the size of the point. Zach, I want to turn this over to you since you were the one who backed it and you're the one who's been getting it. Uh, you wanted us to look at the Game Master's rule book, right? Yeah. Okay. Just wanted Four. to make sure I was looking at the right book. Because yeah. I, I ended up kind of flipping through both of them. But the Game Master rule book is the one that has completely engrossed me. So anyway, I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, the advanced copies are coming out soon. They haven't advanced, they haven't put out the bestiary yet. I I don't have that one. Um, but they're looking like February 2022 being all done. And there's still some rough bits. Like I've seen some repeated words, some language that is uh, a little chunky. But I mean, they're writing in two languages right now. I'm, It's advanced copies. There's going to be a ton of work, but very, very cool stuff. I think the big thing that struck me between this one and like the Dungeon Master's Guide for 5th Edition is that... The 5th edition DM's guide is so generalized because it is applicable to every single game that a dungeon master might want to create. But this one is just for Simbaroom. So it's giving you the basics of the world and it's giving you the basics of how things are supposed to go. But there are whole sections on just this is what a Simbaroom game is going to be like. Like, here's the basics. Go out, find some loot, and bring it back. Create an outpost. Go to war. Do some political intrigue. Like, it has, like, a step-by-step creation process for all those kinds of adventures. Um, Which I think is really handy, because it actually just lets the DM look at the party and say, Hey, you as characters, what do you want to do? And they're like, we're here to get rich. Let's go in, let's find an artifact, and we'll bring it back, and maybe we'll stab each other in the back, and one of us will run away with it. Or it's like, we're here to like be a part of the world. Like, Let's go find something to do. Let's make the world better. Like, I think it gives a lot of freedom to the players to determine what kind of route they want to go on without the DM having to be like, Here's a ton of information about the world that I have created. Here's things that you might be able to do and have the care, like the players look around and be like, do you want to, we'd like to fight something. I, I'm very impressed. I'm very, very excited for this game. Nolan, what are your first quick, just quick glances, first thoughts? I didn't look at any of the DM stuff because uh, I don't plan on DMing it, but I did look at the player stuff and same thing. 
the the volume of detail the the little things that seem to click and make sense it is one of the first times i've looked at player classes as far as that stuff goes and actively said i don't need to multi-class and it has been a long time since i've looked at that because every um, i did i did read this and i was like nolan's gonna love this yeah i i see five to six classes i would like to play because they are so interesting there's a staff wizard and it makes me think of just like like i don't know it's like gandalf right like there's not a lot of magic most of the magic is in the staff you get a little bit of the monk flavor you get some ac while wielding the staff you can channel energy into the staff you can make touch attacks with the staff which i see that kind of movement being amazing there's a marksman scoundrel that you can forego having your bonus action and snipe people. So you give yourself advantage with the longbow, but you give up that mobility and stuff. So you hunker down and become a sniper. Um, and it is worthwhile from a damage standpoint. It scales fantastically. It feels like there's a little bit of a ranger in with the scoundrel. Um, there, there's a captain that feels like a bard and a paladin kind of multi-classed already. There is a weapon master class that feels like the thief uh, warrior or thief fighter that I want to play. I just, again, every single one like, ooh, I could play that. And I look at the next class, I'm like, eh, okay, okay. Ooh, I could play that. And the next class is kind of the same thing. So they did a good job with that. The um, I love the, the classes as far as class specific or... Uh, um, feats i like the uh, origins as far as that goes each race has its own kind of origin story you can kind of do your own thing but for the most part this is where they are this is what they're from i mean it it really is not overly complicated but enough details to really make a good character i mean really know your character know the history i don't need to look through 30 backgrounds i can look at four dwarf backgrounds and really know my class and not be overwhelmed and so again you get a lot of stuff you each i feel like every level has something solid kind of how you get with like the monks and the barbarians and five e's you have something to look forward to there isn't necessarily a dead level um i don't feel like in any of these things um it does follow some of that you know third sixth thing but there are a lot more like unarmored combat options uh there is a uh there's one that gets, hey, you're this type of iron sworn and you've been trained this way. You're not wearing armor. You get double dex bonus to plus 10 to your armor. So that way if you you can have 20 AC and not have to snag a thing a barbarian or snag a thing a monk to be that unarmored fighter that you want. And so um, again, you guys have echoed it already. The art continues to be fantastic. The world seems really uh, grim and bleak from the art. And then you see some of the classes and the races and their backgrounds. It's really just a nice, depressing, like, holy smokes, this world is messed up. And again, can't wait to be in it. I like the differentiate, but I like the differentiation between long rest and extended rest. Whereas like in D&D, you take a long rest, you're fully healed, moving on to the next. This isn't how it works in Simbrum. You get some hit points, you reduce some corruption. You need to take an extended rest, which is going to require a 24-hour rest uh, in a safe place. In a safe place. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the key there. Uh, you know, when I was looking through these books, because I looked at both of them, and I spent more time in the Game Master's book than I did in the Player's Guide, because actually was what I thought Zach wanted us to look at. 
I'm so excited. I don't care what we talk about. I, right. I, I, you guys, I am like completely smitten with free league right now. These guys are doing some incredible stuff. I mean, just from this preview PDF from again, looking through Vessen and it just happened that I was flipping through Vessen and then we talked about Simbarum and then even seeing the one ring stuff, they are doing an incredible job. And if this artwork is a representation of any of the monsters that you're going to face in Simbarum, I am terrified. Yeah. Because, wow, these guys, th these monsters look horrifying. It's like Pan's Labyrinth meets the darkest Nordic horror you can think of. And, and yeah, my I, goodness. And it really does capture, I think, a very like central and northern European aesthetic like right. that I'm kind of getting. And obviously being from the West in the United States, like that's not something I really have a lot of experience with. But I mean, I've watched German media and you can see like the forests that they have to deal with. Of sure, just, yeah, just hundreds of miles of forest. And well, not in a different kind of forest, not the kind of forest that we have out here. Where it's deserty and dry and rocky, it's like deep, dense, temperate forest, and I think you really feel that here, of people that know that like once they go in there, that they don't belong. Yeah, yeah. This is the deep, dark, terrifying woods that grim fairy tales tried to tell us about many, many years ago, right? Yeah. I, I'm looking at if you guys pop open the um, the game master's guide and go to page yeah. fifteen that artwork alone i don't know who that is i don't want to know who that is because he scares the shit out of that is the stuff of nightmares right there yeah i, I mean it's just incredible i mean it looks like he's using um theoden's sword but whatever well when you look at again with all the the art style with all, everything kind of being muted you know faces not having the details the right, world right. itself not having yeah. like it it does lead into that you're having a bad dream type mm -hmm. dream. Uh, there you go yeah like, yeah it just it feels wrong why doesn't anything have faces why is everything muted why is you know like it just and, it looks sad and talking about the art real quickly like i know what the artists are doing like if the background is covered in mist all the time, then you don't have to draw the background. But just because I know what you're doing doesn't mean it's not working. Exactly. Like it's I'm it's amazing. It like and I I honestly think that it allows them to produce more work than they would in like a fifth edition book where it looks wrong when it's just a character standing and the behind them is just a blank page. This looks like an individual in a world that is dark and dangerous and scary and i don't know what's going on and i don't know if i can trust anything i don't know what's be i don't know what's back there because it's covered in mist in a world that's dark and dangerous and scary yeah i the art is so good oh my gosh it's it's absolutely incredible and again i think you know if if this book is released in time for the any awards next year this this setting this book is going to win some major awards uh, one of the things that I wanted to mention, and, and I think this is, I think if you want to learn how to play D&D, &D, 
you need to, the, the game master's book for this is fantastic, right? Starting at page 12, and I think through page like 17, it really breaks down, okay, this is how you do a skill check. This is how you do passive checks. This is what you use this for. This is what you use this for. And it is an absolutely simple way to learn how to use 5e rules. And yeah, I, I mean, I know there's definitely more complicated things that that are that are applied to when it comes to 5e. I understand that. But this is a very quick and easy way to get started. Even if you don't want to play Symbrum, these these five or six pages are a great way to learn the rules quickly and, and play D&D. Yes, there's going to be differences between the two, but like it talks about intelligence checks. A character uses their intelligence to discover new information and connect disparate facts together. Sim sample intelligence include communicate non-verbally, find clues and make deductions, knowledge of a craft or trade, put together a disguise set or a forged a document, win a game of skill. So, I mean, these are all things that you, you know, we know in D&D that we see in D&D, but this is a great way of just saying, okay, here's the general way to do this. This is what you're going to apply. This. So if somebody says, hey, can I forge this document? You sure can. Do you have the forgery skill? Great. Roll your intelligence. It also talks about like um, uh, making those checks and like, eh. so I, I think back to our game this past week where uh, our D and D game this past week, where John rolled like a thirty-one for for stealth, right? Which is insane. Like not even the gods are seeing you. But there comes a time where it's just not possible. I'm sorry. No matter mm -hmm. how good you are, there are times where you just can't do it. And and no one's really good about saying, okay, if it's if that situation, just tell me I can't do it. Don't make me roll. Don't make me do that. Just tell me I can't do it. And this really spells that out. This this says there are times where you just have to tell the players, sorry, you can't do that. And then it talks about if players get creative in how they want to do something, by God, let them roll. Um, it does a lot of, and maybe it's because it's a lot of my DMing style that when I'm reading this, I'm like, yes, yes, that's exactly it. Yes, that's how you do this. And I got really excited. But it even talks about like, and my wife is wonderful for this as much as it frustrates me, is, um, well, you failed to pick the lock. Well, then I want to do it again. Okay, well. You failed to pick the lock. Well, no, I want to try again and just keep trying until you succeed. And it talks about like there's consequences for that and and make sure that you work that in. OK, you you failed so poorly or you didn't do it. And actually, in the process, you've damaged the lock and now it can't be picked. You know, things like that. And I just I love that. I absolutely love that. And it talks about like recapping the game before you get started. It talks about having the players go over like, OK, it's been a week since we played. What did you do? Yes, you were you were you were sitting here taking a long rest. We stopped there where it's at the end of that long rest. What did you do? And it helps to get your mind rolling, get you back into the game. And those oh man, I fucking love this book. <laughs> I think it's I think it's made by people I think it's made by people that did play a lot of fifth edition is kind of how it feels. Or at the very least a bunch of individuals who are very familiar with how to run a, like this kind of game, if not fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons for sure. And I still feel a lot of the original Simba Room, um which I have and is also amazing. But also, I feel like I, it feels like such a weird mesh because the original Simba Room felt like their take on fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons already of like, well, you want to make a berserker? Like, here's how you do it. You wanted to make a, a wizard? Well, here's how you do it. But we've 
divvied out everything and separated them so you can make a Nolan style whatever kind of character you want. So it's like I'm only going to go two deeps into like the Berserker tree and then three ranks down into the Cleric tree. And now I'm that kind of creature. And so I, I feel like this was probably such an easy fix for them to do, but they've still kept that flavor that they had, that Simbaruniness. And I just, I love it. Um, I, I have to deal with a lot of books and a lot of fantasy books, and I've read quite a number of them. And I feel like um, when you're writing for genre, uh, the thing that stands out is what you do different from everyone else, because we're all speaking the same language. Like, this is still a Lord of the Rings-style Dungeons & Dragons kind of world. So the thing that they do different is what's going to stand out, but everything has been twisted. Page 39 of the player's guide. Go look at it now. Of the player's guide or the uh, player's guide. Page 39. Well, I got to pull up a different PDF. It's just yeah. like a thing where it's not like, you know, you're reading the death gate cycle. And it's like, Ooh, the elves are evil this time. Right. Right. It's like, no, the, like there's still elves, but they are so much different than like, a high elf in the Forgotten Realms. And there's dwarves, but they're so different. And there's goblins, but they're they're so different. I don't know what creature this is on page 39. I don't want to fight that creature. Believe well, it is bad. a player. Oh my gosh. Is it a troll? No, it's uh, it's part of... So as you deal with the game, uh, your corruption and shadow, right. as it increases, you have these things. Um, that will happen and then the marks of corruption are in there oh yeah that's just what you look like that's spend wow. too much out yeah i i feel like someone was like trying to write like a fantasy novel and then we're like i put all this work in i'm just going to give it to people and let them play in it it's I, uh, I, so your corruption reminds me a lot of uh vampire and your hunger uh, sure. You become too corrupted. Yeah. You become what, feral or whatever it is, and you lose your character. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta hand someone your sheet and be like, "Yes, I'm making a new person." Yep. You, yep. If uh, if you become a thoroughly corrupt, your shadow becomes completely black, and your character must become an NPC as you are overwhelmed by the burdens you bear. So it does. It does have the the hunger um, frenzy style. You know, again, there's consequences. There's consequences yeah. in this world. Yeah. I feel like this game would be very um i if you ran with two barbarians two monks i feel like you would be punished i mean i, I really do think mm. a, a good if you're going to leave the safety of home you do it smart with the right group of people like i feel like there's no hand holding in this one as well like i'm sure there's a way you can do it with three fighters but it's going to be returning to town pretty quick and and dealing with the corruption and stuff like that is pretty intense so I think a balanced party looks really good. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it is good. It looks really cool. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I can't wait till you have this in hand, Zach, because yeah. I'm going to want to see these books. I, I can already tell this is probably going to be one of those where I buy at least the player's guide because I'm going to want a copy of that just to flip through and, and check it out. I, free, I, and I know I we've did... just been gushing about them, but Free League has hit 
I think, a home run on every single book they've released over the past couple of years. At least the ones that we've looked at. I mean, we haven't we looked, looked at, at like the Aliens or or the, what is it, Cor- Corleos or oh. something like that. I haven't uh, looked at I any mean, there's, of those. There's, the for, there's a Forgotten Lands. Uh, Isn't there like the Savage Lands too? Because Savage, I think the Savage Lands. Yeah, Savage Lands has a new one. Morkborg is so cool. Like, we're talking about the art on this one. Morkborg's art is as good in a completely different way. It's usually just a black background and some sort of weird scrawling of a mutant character. It's so good. Well, I did reach out to, to Free League to see if maybe we can get somebody from the creative team to come on and talk to us either about Symbrum, the One Ring, or their games in general. Or maybe we can just start a trend where we're bringing in Free League creators and having them talk about their different games. Because as we've said in the past, there are so many games out there that we don't have time to play them all. I mean, hell, we don't even have time to play the games that we have. So it's nice to learn about these and and to check them out. I do think something that we're going to need to do because we have Tolus and we need to play Tolus. Uh, We're going to have Symbrum and we're going to need to play that. We're going to have the one ring. I think we need to set aside D&D branded stuff and get a D3, cast the die and see where we're playing next and say, okay, for the next year, we are playing Tolus. For the next year, we are playing Symbrum. For the next year, we're playing the One Ring. And we're planning our, D- our, our gaming sessions out for the next three years. <laughs> it's, it's longevity. We have guys. to, yeah. Yeah, we, we have to. And and I know there's going to be times where we say, okay, you know what? I need a break. Can somebody run a, a one shot? And, 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 you know, like let's get out of the One Ring world for a minute and jump back into Faerun, do a one shot real quick, and then come back to it. But... We have, I mean, you know, I'm going back. We've got to run Curse of Strahd again. So there we go. We have the next four years of gaming planned out. So if you're part of the 307 RPG crew, you can see we're not going anywhere for a while. (laughs) Unfortunately, they just keep adding more games. So, yeah, I know at some point we're going to have to say, but you know what? Who cares? That just means we're going to be gaming together for a very long time. Yeah. 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 And some of these other games like the Chronicles of Darkness and, and other like vampire and stuff like that, we can do those one shots. We can do those. OK, we're going to or we're going to take October and on Friday nights, we're just going to do this. Right. We can do those things and still be able to experience some other games. But there are so many amazing settings out there that and this is true. If you were a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, you like the rules, but you want to play in a different setting. We talked so much about Scarlands. There are so many other settings out there. Simbrum just being the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, that that you can experience. There's so many amazing publishers doing amazing things that we don't have time to cover them all. Yep, just not enough hours in the day. That's exactly it. Yeah, so, I think it just depends on where you want to spend your time. I mean, there's going to be, especially in this stage, there's probably something for everybody at this point. Um, I think we, well, I know for the most part, like I enjoy the kind of medieval fantasy. Um, that's kind of my my jam. But mm-hmm. learning about all these other things too coming out is just crazy. So yeah, if if it's one of those things like, yeah, you know, I don't do elves or I'm not into that. Take a look at some other books because the rules are fairly simple now. They have a pretty easy uh, access level entry point. Um, and yeah, I mean, shoot, you know, Pugmire continues to get books and stuff like that. And all of us kind of look at each other like, I don't know if I could be a 
play a dog and 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 but it's it's got a home um now all of a sudden no one wants to play a rabbit yeah i mean you you'd give me some good character art and you can change my mind so that's fair that's fair all right so let's give final thoughts real quick zach we're gonna start with you because this is your your project here final thoughts on these two books that, that we had a chance to look at um uh, for what is an alpha really good um if if you want to keep playing fifth edition dungeons and dragons but you don't want to play in the forgotten realms or if you wanted to try something new i think this is this is a good thing to get um but also for a dm if you want like to run a game where you don't have to make the choices I think this is actually setting you up for a pretty easy run of just like, all right, guys, tell me what you want to do. Oh, you want to do a heist? Okay. And it's like step one through five on what they need to do to do that. I think they've cut out a lot of the stuff that they don't need. Really pared it down to just like, this is what you need to do. And anything else you can improvise. I I'm really excited to get my hands on like the physical book. Yeah. Nolan, your thoughts. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go the same way of, I think everything about the book is really well done. Um, and that's from somebody that always has something to complain about not having a class to play or something like that. Um, and they took some of the most, or I guess the, the least fun parts of leveling up a character of having dead levels. Um, you, you, doesn't matter which class you play, you get something every time you level up and they look fun. They look flavorful and it looks well thought out. Um, and it gives you more of that theme to help you lean into the character where I'm a fighter and I attack more is one thing. Um, one of the, one of the rogue classes. Yeah, cool. You pick lock and you get more sneak attack. This thing's a thug. At ninth level, you become a strangler. <laughs> and so if you have somebody garroted on their grapple, you can garrote them and they have disadvantage on their escape checks because you have a wire around them. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things of, well, you know, well, I, I did a level of barbarian, so I have racial advantage on my athletics. Yes, but do they have disadvantage of getting away from, you know, like, so it's just that that little thing of like, it's not a huge thing, um, but it is such a good thing to make you better at what you're doing that you don't want to get away from the class that you can't wait for that next level. And it's so flavorful of like, can't, you know, I mean, you, you have to somewhat role play sneaking in and grow, you know what I mean? Like it, it forces you to be that character just a little bit more. Um, again, the staff mage, I touched, you know, touch attacks through your staff. You're, I can see kind of that up on your tippy toes, reaching out for your reach with your staff and delivering, you know, and inflict wounds or, or something, you know, like along those lines and just the combat seems flavorful though. The way you do stuff seems flavorful. And I, I, I think you would have a hard time not getting into a character that you make in this world, because not only is the world cool, but the backgrounds are cool. The races are cool from a standpoint of you get a lot of detailed information to make a good character. And I, that's, that's as a player that helps so much. I don't have to look for books or get creative. I can just be right there on that page and be like, yeah, that that's awesome. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it a lot um, more so than probably most games. I'm excited to see what, what these guys continue to push out. I mean, I could, I could forego a lot of other companies I'm looking at and just stick with these guys for a while. 
Awesome. I, you know, there, it's, I, I think I like art a lot more than I realized. Uh, you know, I talked last week, Nolan, about the, the art fair that we went to in Estes and how I was blown away by some of the costs. But yet, I think if it was the right thing, I would probably spend the money for it. And looking, and, and I say this a lot in these books, you know, the artwork is amazing. The artwork is amazing. And I know, like, having gone to, like, Magic Grand Prix and it's like one of the first things I do is go down artist alley. Cause I want to see what they have and see what the, the different artwork. So apparently I like it a lot more than I acknowledged. And that is the biggest thing that struck me about these books is the artwork. And I know it's that muted that, that, you know, not quite giving you all the detail. And sometimes I think that's lazy, but it is so right with what they do with this book. And, and, and looking through Vesson is the same thing. The artwork just is right. And, and again, first look at the, the Lord of the Rings or the One Ring. Same thing. It's very much the same artistic style. The artwork gives you a feeling of foreboding as you read through it. It lets you know that there is nothing safe about the world that you're about to adventure into. And for me, someone who likes that nitty gritty, darker, tends to, you know, be more into horror than they realize it gripped me like i mean just grabbed me that was the first like like i said that one picture of that night or whomever he is he looks like a berserker uh with mm -hmm. rear by his side i don't know who he is but he's terrifying and and i've gone through and seen other like there's i i don't know if they like drew influence from pan's labyrinth because there's like one of those type of creatures that you see and yeah this it looks stunning it looks I, I want to see a movie of Simbarum or maybe an animated series of Simbarum because it just looks so epic and so incredible. I'm excited. I'm excited to play in it. I'm excited to experience it. I'm excited to see the books once that gets them, because I know full well I'm going to end up buying at least one of them. Uh, I, I think it's great. And I'm I'm really excited to to, to get hands on this book. I would. I, I think that would be the. I hope at some point they come out with a just an art book. Ooh, yeah. Just the art of Free League and just have just a giant Wouldn't coffee table. Incredible. Yep. I I I, I would yeah. buy it. Yep. In a heartbeat. <laughs> I would get it. Yeah. And I don't usually buy art books. I think I bought the art book for Innistrad for Magic. And my intent was, as I went to Grand Prix, was to have all the artists sign it. And I never did that. But uh, yeah, no. Oof. I'd buy that one in a heartbeat. Yep. All right, guys. Anything else before we wrap up this week? I think so. We've got, uh, we'll take a look at uh, some D&D stuff next week actually getting released. And I'm curious to see yeah. the the early reviews of it because I don't. I don't know. I'm not excited about it, so I'm hoping to be surprised. Yeah, it seems very whimsical for D and D for me. But whereas we have this heavy simbrum, then we have witchlight. Yeah, that's okay. Zach, anything else before we wrap up? No. Stay safe out there. Yeah, stay safe out there. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We are excited to you know expand our reach and have more listeners from all over the world. If you like the show. Do us a favor and drop us a, a review somewhere on, on whatever podcasting app that you're listening to. Those kind of things definitely help boost our ratings and allows other people to check us out. So then until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. Have a good one, everyone.